The legends are true. But overwhelming power! The sauce of destiny. Yes! The most legendary sauce has arrived as McDonald's transforms into the anime world of Wickdonald's. The greatest flavors unite in all new savory chili McDonald's sauce to make your 10-piece Nuggets, fries, and Sprite ultra-powerful. Unlock manga comics with every meal and sit down for a new anime short every week only at Wickdonald's. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba, go! And participate in McDonald's for a limited time while supplies last. What's so special about Hero Bread's soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas? These ultra-low-net-carb baked goods contain zero sugar, fewer calories, and more protein than the leading brands, and are high in fiber to support gut health. Shop now at Hero.co. Today's episode is brought to you by Seltzer Mayberg, our newest sponsor, the attorneys at Seltzer Mayberg. You can find them at onecalllegal.com. That's 1-855-5000-LAW, L-A-W, 1-855-5000-LAW. They handle cases including but not limited to car accidents, slip and falls, and traffic tickets with a new 15,000-square-foot office on I-95 in North Miami. We work out of that office, actually, and they'll handle cases from all over the state. Call now with 24-7 service for a free consultation. That's onecalllegal.com, 1-855-5000-LAW. Welcome into the latest episode of the Five Reasons Podcast. I'm here at Miami Dolphins Camp in Davie. Pretty soon, Dolphins Camp is going to be at Miami Gardens. But I'm out here with Alfredo Arteaga. You know him from Three Yards Per Carry, one of the most popular podcasts on the Five Reasons Sports Network. Check out all the other podcasts on our network. That includes Miami Heat Beat, also Swings and Mishes. Uh, Marlon's playing a lot better of late. I'm not sure if that's a good thing or a bad thing. Also, Out for the Counter Boxing Podcast. We'll have new content soon. Goldie on Ice from the Stanley Cup Finals and much more throughout the network. Also, check out FiveReasonsSports.com. That's spelled out F-I-V-E ReasonsSports.com. New content every day, mostly on Miami sports, the major teams. Lots of heat draft stuff on there right now from Nikias Duncan, Jack Alfonso, and also Greg Sylvander. So, all of the stuff of the Five Reasons Sports Network is free, unlike other outlets. All right, as I mentioned, we're here at Dolphins Camp. You'll hear Alfredo on a new episode of Three Yards Per Carry with Simon Clancy here over the next 24 hours. But he and I were here, watched a little bit of what went on. A lot of rain today. It just let up a little bit, so an opportunity to tape the podcast. But the Dolphins did get in some work before the rain came, and then we interviewed some players in the bubble. What we're going to do today is we're going to go through 10 veteran players on this team. There are not a lot of them. Some of them were stretching to call them veterans because in one case, it's only through a couple of cases, only three seasons. Uh, This is the third season, but this is a really young team. It's not a team that's expected to win a whole lot this year, and the reason we decided to do this was because Rashad Jones made an appearance at camp today, which was a little bit unexpected considering that he had not come to any of the optional stuff and there was a feeling that there was some tension between him and the organization and he might get traded and he still might get traded so Alfredo let's start with Rashad and get into what he said today and first thing he didn't work all with the ones we were told that would probably be the case that they're going to work him back in so not to read into that what did you take from what he told the media well, Rashad basically said that everything that we've been talking about for the last few weeks uh, was much to do about nothing because he says he's happy to be back on the team. He's happy to learn the new system. He's happy to be playing in any role and any type of situation that they put him in. He says he spoke with the coach before his, I don't want to call it a holdout, but his disappearance from voluntary camp. 
and he said he spoke with the coach since. He's happy to be back. He basically said that, you know, the fuss that we've been making about him all this time and all the rumors we've heard out there about him being on the trading block don't really amount to anything. Now, I think we know different. Yeah, I think we don't believe him. And and the reason we don't believe him is because they he has to say all these things. Now, I let, let's start from the beginning here. Um, he said voluntary is voluntary, and yes. that is true, although in the NFL that's not really true. And so him missing all of that time when he's got a new head coach, when he is one of the oldest players on the team. I mean, is he the oldest player on the team? I guess here, John Denny, right, would be up. I mean, John Denny's going to be here. Rashad you know, is 31. Right, and John Denny is, I think, in his mid-30s. But again, John Denny is a long snapper, and, yeah. and John Denny's going to be here until he's 62. So, you know, Rashad is supposed to be one of the, the veteran leaders of a young team. And it's just pretty clear that both ways this is not going to be a happy relationship because from the Dolphins' perspective, he's a safety in his 30s. And they have another safety uh, in his early 20s that they need to find the right position for. They have a guy in McDonald's who they like a little bit on the roster already. We'll see how far they go with that. Who's cheap? Who's cheap. And they've got Bobby McCain, who we're going to talk about here too, who they've kind of been shuttling to safety now from corner. Um, They use a lot of defensive backs. They don't have enough defensive backs, another topic we're going to touch on. But as far as Rashad goes, um, it just feels like his time has passed. Like he has outperformed anything that was anticipated for him. He made a couple of Pro Bowls. He mentioned that today, by the way. Mm -hmm. Also said he's still one of the best safeties in the league. Uh, so he's not backing down from what his abilities are. He's still a good player. Actually, before we go forward, you want to talk about that a little bit. Because I asked you a question as we were leaving today. I said, is Rashad still good, right? Because mm-hmm. all any, all I think the general public remembers from last year is him basically checking himself out of a game. Right. Is Rashad Jones, if he's right and gets himself back in the kind of shape he needs to be in, and he said his labrum feels better and he had to take care of that, is he still a plus safety in the NFL? I believe so. I think he he's a he's a guy he's precisely the type of guy that can help a team that's actually gunning for a Super Bowl for a title. The last we heard of Rashad Jones, the last we saw him play was the last game of the season last year in Buffalo where he was running around like a madman while you can make a case that a lot of his teammates weren't particularly trying for Adam Gase. He was and he had a pick six from Josh Allen right before the half. So the last we saw him play, he looked effective to us. Today, you know, I know it's just, you know, not the eyeball test, but he looked in shape. If he's right, he can help any number of teams. And I don't know his name, but I have a, we have a follower on the Three Yards Per Carry account who's been beating the drum about Rashad Jones fitting perfectly with the Indianapolis Colts. And I tend to agree with him. If you look at the Colts' salary cap situation, they could fit him in, and they're in desperate need of of a box safety to to pair with Malik Hooker. So I would say that that's a perfect pairing for Rashad Jones. All right, so before we get to the next player here, how does this end? Well, it's hard to see him getting traded straight up because they own $13 million. 11, 11 of it is guaranteed this year. So in case you don't know how that works, it works pretty simply like this. If Chris Greer executes a trade, somebody has to place a phone call to Stephen Ross and ask him, to cut a check for $11 million to send a guy out of town. I don't see that happening. So you could see a situation where they pay part of his salary and try to trade him for whatever they can get. All right, so let's move on to another member of the secondary. And you and I have both agreed that they basically have five players in the secondary right now. They probably Mm -hmm. need 
six or seven or eight, considering how probably mu- ten, probably ten on the roster. But but as yeah. far as what's actually going to play on a regular basis, because as you said, they're probably only going to be in base about ten percent of the time. That's four DBs. They're going to be in five DBs majority of the time, and probably six DBs a lot. If you look at what the Patriots did under Brian Flores in in uh, in New England, and so one of those five DBs is Bobby McCain. But and I know CK, or you know Chris Kaufman, is on the podcast with you through Edsburg Carey has been tweeting about this idea of a 5'9 guy uh, playing safety and moving from cornerback position where I, he was up and down last year, right? Like, he moved mm-hmm. out to the boundary. He had been in the slot mostly, moved out to the boundary more. To be fair, after he got injured, when right. he got injured, uh, his season kind of went south. Right, okay. But he was not quite – right. that's true. But he's not quite the player he was the year before. I think we had higher expectations for yes. what he would do out there. Uh, what do you think his future is? Because I asked Brian Flores how Rashad Jones being back affects Bobby McCain, and he essentially said he didn't think it affected or it wasn't going to affect him that much. He's going to have guys all over the place. What is Bobby McCain's role on this team? I think he's going to stay as, as the slot corner because slot corners are are very, very important in today's NFL. And if you – I have Track open right now. And if you look at Sportrack, he's – he's, they have him under control for the next four years at an average of about $6.5 million a year. If you judge, you know, you could, this – this requires a little bit of you know forward thinking, but if you look forward, he could be somewhere in that range of fourth or fifth highest paid slot corner in the next two years. So this is something that they value, a guy who's going to outperform his contract. So I would say his future is actually bright here. Right, but again... If you're looking at him making seven million dollars in three years, there could be uh, two years. There could be an adjustment, right? Like there Absolutely. might be, there might be a restructure, something along those lines. Let's go to the linebackers. Uh, obviously, there's high hopes for Jerome Baker. There's hopes that Raquan McMillan's going to kind of bounce back uh, after what I thought was kind of a no-show year after he missed the entire year before that. Kiko Alonso, though, uh, one of the things you guys have discussed is that it was either really, really good. Or really, really bad. Absolutely. And he was kind of going to be back because of the contract last year, and then he's back on the team also. They don't have a ton of depth at the linebacker spot. Kiko's going to be here this season. Is he a starter for all of this season, and is he here next year, do you think? Uh, is he here next year? I would say no. I would be I would be absolutely shocked if he's here next year because they, they could get out from under what they owe him, which is a pretty penny. It's in excess of $8 million. But Chris Kaufman on our podcast said something really interesting a few weeks ago when we were talking about Kiko Alonso basically being dead man walking this season and this being his last. He said, if you look back at his, at his forget 2017 because we can all acknowledge that that was a bad Kiko Alonso year. But in 2018, he had some games, namely the, the first Jets game, mm-hmm. where you could basically attribute the victory to plays that he was making. You had to somehow replace those plays. And it's not enough to just say that Jerome Baker and Raquan McMillan are going to make up for them. I would say he's not for long here, but they do need a replacement. All right, let's go to the defensive line, and and I, you know, I think. I think it's pretty much universal agreement that defensive end is the thinnest unit on the team if it's not offensive line. And they don't have any. Right. So we'll get to him in a second. But defensive tackle, I just did a podcast with Devon Godshow. I was impressed with him personally, and he said he's going to make two Pro Bowls before he retires. So we'll see what happens there. Vincent Taylor, I was impressed with on the field last year. I, I just thought he made pretty good strides, okay, uh, consistently throughout the year, both against the run and against the pass. Uh, what can these – now you've mixed in Christian Wilkins – so you basically got three guys rotating at that spot. You got Akeem Spence in there at some point. Also, it seems to be stronger than the defensive end position, or at least more potential for right now. 
Which of those two guys, Godshaw or Vincent Taylor, is going to be the better player? Well, Vincent Taylor has shown more flashes, namely in as far as pass rush. But if you go back to Devon Godshaw's rookie year, he is the one of, of that stat that we tweeted out on three yards per carry not too long ago, where Devon Godshaw won an entire season without missing a single tackle. Now, he's a defensive tackle, so he does, you're going to say he doesn't have that many opportunities. Well, he actually had about 58 in 16 games. So Devon Godshaw is a guy who, at his best, has shown he can play in almost any system. Vincent Taylor, at his best, is a guy that's shown flashes. So, you know, it's really a flip of a coin, but I would say that both, since they're both cheap and under control for the next two years, are guys that you're going to see in a, in a Dolphin uniform for the next two years. All right, so the defensive tackle position looks okay. Defensive end. Um, <laughs> I don't remember, and, and I've been covering the Dolphins in some capacity on and off since 97. I don't remember ever a position as thin on a Dolphins team as defensive end is right now. And the only way that it looks different is if Charles Harris becomes something that we've given up on him becoming. Is there any chance that Charles Harris gives this team seven, eight sacks this year? No. No. And I'll, and I'll, say, and I'll say this. We've, we've gone from watching Charles Harris get really, really, really close for an entire season mm-hmm. and manage one sack to him getting opportunities and not getting even close. Now we're expecting him to actually produce in that in that role. I would say that whatever pass rush they generate this year, it's going to be through scheme, through blitzes. They're going to have to get it through the aggregate, but I don't think they can get it just through one player or one player alone. All right, we'll come back uh, right after this break, and we're going to talk about the offensive players. We're going to pick, I'm going to cheat again. We're going to pick six instead of five, and we will go through those. We'll get back to our episode in a second. First, I want to tell you about one of our great long. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. What's the first thing you'd do if you had an extra hour in your day? Go for a run, take a nap, maybe check the stats of the latest Miami Heat game? I've got a better idea. A lot of us spend our lives wishing we had more time. The question is time for what? If time was unlimited, how would you use it? The best way to squeeze that special thing into your schedule is to know what's important to you and make it a priority. Therapy can help you find what matters to you so you can do more of it. I've benefited from therapy. I went through some life changes, major life events, had some difficulties, wasn't a believer in therapy, but it helped me and it can help you also. So if you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. Just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist and switch therapists anytime for no additional charge. So learn to make time for what makes you happy with BetterHelp. Visit betterhelp.com slash Miami Heat today to get 10% off your first month. Again, that's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P, dot com slash Miami Heat. What's so special about Hero Bread's soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas? These ultra-low net-carb baked goods contain zero sugar, fewer calories, and more protein than the leading brands and are high in fiber to support gut health. Shop now at Hero.co. 
long-term partners. That's Doral Toyota and Like Us at Five Reasons. They're pure South Florida. You can find all of your favorite Toyota models, whether you're looking for a new, used, or certified pre-owned vehicle. Doral Toyota is located at 9775 Northwest 12th Street. That's 9775 Northwest 12th Street, just a few blocks from International and Dolphin Malls. Experience the Doral difference, which means four years of complimentary maintenance and roadside assistance on all new vehicles, in-house financing available for credit-related issues. If you mention five reasons when you call 305-680-1129, that's 305-680-1129, or come into the dealership, you work with a dedicated manager, not a salesperson. Unlike other dealers, Doral Toyota prides itself in an honest and transparent buying process. That's Doral Toyota, DoralToyota.com, or stop in at 9775 Northwest 12th Street. Vamos, let's go. Another great sponsor of the Five Reasons Sports Network is ShipYourCarNow.com. That's ShipYourCarNow.com. These guys can move any car, any boat, any RV, any motorcycle, or any kind of equipment anywhere you need to move it worldwide. You have a business and you need to ship freight or machinery? Call them. College moves, new car, used car, buying the toy you've looked at for a while? Make sure you call them. These guys can ship it all. Give them a call or visit ShipYourCarNow.com backslash five reasons. That's ShipYourCarNow.com backslash five reasons. Make sure to mention five reasons on the phone if you call. There's no job too big or too small. Ship Your Car Now moves it all. All right, back with Alfredo. We're going to talk about the offensive players here. A few more veterans maybe in this group. We're not going to talk about Laramie Tunsil because the assumption is Laramie Tunsil is going to be here a long time and he's going to be re-signed as their sort of linchpin left tackle. And so not really a lot to get into there. We're not going to talk about Ryan Fitzpatrick because that's a podcast for another day. So let's get into other players on the offense, veteran players on the offense. And let's start with Kenny Stills. Um, Kenny Stills is a personal favorite of a lot of people because of what he does in the community, the way he speaks his mind, etc. Um, but let's just be honest, Kenny Stills did not have a Kenny Stills year last year. And I guess the question is this, uh, you know, I'm watching Ryan Fitzpatrick and I'm watching him throw the kind of balls that Ryan Tannehill was not throwing. And I'm wondering, and I don't know if Fitzpatrick will be the quarterback or not, again, debate for another podcast, okay, and whether Rosen is going to be the guy who's going to be delivering from week one. But... How much of Kenny Stills' drop in production last year was the quarterback situation? How much was the injury situation? How much was Adam Gase not utilizing him properly? And how much was just Kenny Stills didn't have a very good year? I think it was all of the above. And you can start with what was happening in preseason where we were watching Kenny Stills work a lot in the slot. And then the season comes, and you guys have all seen the numbers where Kenny Stills has traditionally been. And you wouldn't think that he's the guy that would be really productive out of the slot, but he is. And the season comes, and there he is out at flanker, running deep routes, and the ball was just not getting to him. So, you know, I think with Tannehill's injury, there went Kenny Stills' production. As far as Kenny Stills going forward, you got to be thinking, you got to be eyeballing the situation in Kansas City and what happens with Tyreek Hill. Because if they're planning on winning a Super Bowl and they're spending like they're planning on winning a Super Bowl, don't you think that Kenny Stills would be a perfect replacement for Tyreek Hill for at least the season? Yeah, I would think so. And, and obviously with Kenny Stills, there's a lot less baggage too than Tyreek Hill. He's yes. completely polar opposite in that regard. And I so. think that they would pay a premium for him. Like right. maybe a third-round pick or something like that. Maybe that's something that the Dolphins would rather have than Kenny Stills' production going forward. Right, and, and you know the question for Kenny Stills has always been, is, can he be a number one, can he be a number two, is he really a number three with a good team? But with all these decisions with the Dolphins, it's about what the timetable is. And mm -hmm. Kenny Stills, as a speed receiver, 
Not that he can't do other things, but as a speed receiver, where is he going to be in two or three years when the Dolphins are ready to be actually competitive? And and that's one of the things you got to take into, into account here. Um, before we'll, You know what? We'll go to the rest of the receivers first because that's really where the veterans are. Um, let's do Jakeem Grant and Albert Wilson together. Uh, Jakeem Grant's a little ahead of Albert Wilson in terms of recovery, right? But both of those guys showed the kind of speed flashes and productivity that you wanted to see last season. And we felt at the beginning of the year that Adam Gase wasn't using either of them enough, particularly Grant. And then he starts using Wilson a ton, and then Wilson gets hurt, and then Grant gets hurt. Um, can either of those guys emerge? Well, first thing, they got to be healthy, right? Absolutely. But, but, but how productive can they both be? And are they core pieces? Because Jakeem Grant, when he was drafted, was not perceived as a core piece. Albert Wilson was thought of who might be a little bit of a gimmick player and maybe a third wide receiver at best. But could they be one, two, or three receivers on this team? Well, Albert Wilson, we saw what he was capable of last year and the type of season that he was headed toward. We can all remember that Chicago game. He was absolutely electric. I don't remember. When was the last time you remember a Dolphin player being that electric in one particular game. Every time he was touching the ball, it was 60, 70 yards for a touchdown in that game. So we hold out hope, especially since Albert Wilson did not have hip surgery. He managed to get through that without surgery. Now, Jakeem Grant's a different story. I think it's entirely possible that under this this coaching staff, Jakeem Grant could have a really productive year. And what does that leave you with? It leaves you with a young player on a productive year in a contract year where you want to kind of hoard cap space. So I think Jakeem Grant is an interesting guy to watch this year because if he if he produces like we expect him to produce, he can cost you money and cost you one of the other players. And it, who knows? It could even be Albert Wilson. All right. So the most productive receiver at this point of his career was supposed to be Devontae Parker. And I, I looked on the field today and <laughs> I got 11 confused because I forgot he was still here. And <laughs> I was surprised that they re-signed him. And I, I think if it had been the same regime... It, they wouldn't have, except, again, that Chris Grew had a role in his uh, his acquisition out of the draft. Have you – we've given up on Charles Harris. Yes. Have you given up on Devontae Parker? Because the, the difference is when Devontae's plays, yes. there have been flashes, okay? You go to the Tennessee game last year, right, where there were no other receivers to play. I mean, and it's not like it's not like his body type has changed. Like he still has a prototypical receiver body type. It's just a body type that is always in the training room. Yes. Have you given up? I would say yes because you have to play to actually be good, right? Yeah. So if you get paid what he was getting paid, and now he's getting paid a little bit less, but it's a friendlier team deal, meaning that at the end of the year they could just say goodbye, and it'll be an amicable breakup, but it'll be a breakup nonetheless. Now. The best of Devontae Parker is pretty damn good. But like you said, he's always in the training room. So if, if the guy can't stay healthy and can't give you 16 games, what good is he to you if he's great in six of those 16 games? Do you think that either of these quarterbacks can make him better than he was, though? I don't think so. And I, and I think that the system by itself alone is going to actually damage Devontae Parker. Okay. Because there's numbers to suggest that Devontae Parker is actually really, really productive when he's targeted 10 or more times. The numbers have been done. I don't have them in front of me, but I ran them last year on three yards per carry, comparing his numbers, yards per catch, I mean, yards per target, compared to Jarvis Landry, yards per target. Mm-hmm. And Devontae Parker's yards per target, based on 10 targets or more, dwarf Jarvis Landry's numbers. 
But the problem is, where is he going to get those targets in this system? I don't think he gets them. I think, you know, the, the Dolphins move on at the at the end of the season. All right, and, and speaking of a guy who didn't get uh, touches last year, it was Kenyon Drake. And by the end of the season, it even seemed that Kalen Balaj had kind of passed him in some regard. Um, Adam Gase didn't want to use Kenyon Drake. Um, I thought he'd use him more as a receiver because he fit his system and that's something Kenyon can do. But, I mean, there's basically one memory from last year with Kenyon Drake, and it was it was the play against the Patriots, which is, you know, a crazy gimmick play that ultimately didn't mean anything. Um, is he going to end up with more yards than Kalen Balaj, and is he the long-term answer at running back? In my opinion, yes, he is. In my opinion, I've always liked Kenyon Drake. I think he's going to be a great player if given the opportunity. He's in the right system and the wrong system for both, and I'll explain why. He's in the right system in the sense that the Patriots do feature running backs out of the backfield, and you know they, they could feature him in the way that he's been the most successful. Now, he's also in the wrong system because if you go back to, and I, and I hate to be bringing up the Patriots over and over again, but that's, that's who's here coaching this team. If you go back to what the Patriots do, they don't have a bell cow running back. And sometimes they'll even feature two guys. They threw the ball to Sony Michelle as much as they threw it to James White last year. Okay? And you even saw people named Rex Burkhead handle the ball last year at running back. So can they play three, four running backs this year? And Kenyon Drake gets lost in the shuffle a little bit. He's another guy who's a free agent at the end of the year. I'd hate to see him go because I really do think that he has star potential. But... That's a guy that we can't, you know, you can flip a coin whether he's going to be a hit here or he's just going to be a guy that's going to compliment Kellen Balaj as Kellen Balaj gets the majority of the carries. Yeah, and that's one of the things here is like, you know, this was the whole debate with Xavier Howard and it is with Laramie Tunsil. The Dolphins don't have that many good players. And so I think the problem for fans is going to be that the Dolphins might have to make some financial decisions, again, based on their timeline. And, and Kenyon's not an old guy, obviously, but... Uh, but they're going to make decisions based on their timeline, and that's going to cost them good players and uh, the, some of the few good players they have until they develop some other words. All right, let's go to another of the real problem areas on the team, which is the offensive line. And, mm-hmm. I mean, we've got Tunsil, and then you got Jesse Davis. Jesse, what position is he going to play this year? Right guard. Okay, he's, going to, he's a right guard, so he's not going to play right tackle. He's going to play right guard. And what does that look like, and is he here in a couple of years? Well, it looked like for a while there that they were going to try Jesse Davis at right tackle, and Chris Kaufman on our podcast, Three Yards Per Carry, had mentioned that Jesse Davis had played very few snaps at right tackle, but the snaps he did play, he looked kind of good. So he could see what the the coaching staff was actually seeing. Well, they go out, they trade for Josh Rosen. Obviously, uh, you can't have an experiment at right tackle, so you're going to go get a veteran. So the veteran they settled on was Jordan Mills. And I've made no bones about it on, on the three yards per carry account and my personal account. Jordan Mills is not good, folks. So Jesse Davis is back at right guard, his quote-unquote best position, a position that I thought he was pretty bad at last year. Namely, all you have is really Larry Tunsil you could count on and Kilgore coming off of injury. So the offensive line is, I would say, four question marks and one stalwart. Yeah, and that's, look, and everybody says, you know, which quarterback's going to play? In that case, three quarterbacks might play. (laughs) And let me say that that's the only reason why I can't pronounce this team to be good. Right. If they had spent a lot of money and draft picks, they do have a draft pick. They they used their Mm. third-round pick on Michael Dieter, Mm. who's supposed to play left guard, although they have Chris Reed in the depth chart right now. But 
let's say Michael Dieter's really good. Then you have two guys and three question marks on the right side of the line. So I think that's the only reason that you can't pronounce them to be good. And, of course, meaning good as in 500 or better. And the problem is, if you're going to play Josh Rosen, the question is, can you properly evaluate him behind that offensive line? I think we've talked about four receivers here. I mean, there's enough receiving talent on this team. There's enough running back talent on this team. And the skill position players are not bad. But, you know, if, if Rosen's going to have a, a second and a half to throw, what's going to happen is Fitzpatrick's going to play. You're not going to learn anything about Rosen. You might win a couple of games, but they're both going to get hurt. And I think, you know, that's kind of, kind of where we're at. And this is the process that we knew about. All right, check them out at Uptown Report. Also check out at Three Yards Per Carry. We hope you took uh, a swig of something for every time uh, Alfredo mentioned Three Yards Per Carry. I think it was 17 times. Uh, We will have other podcasts. Uh, We're going to be out here at Dolphins Camp, or at least I am, this week. And and obviously, as we head into training camp, we will have a lot more. Again, check out 5reasonsports.com, and we'll talk to you soon. Wilson, you sent the game-winning email at the buzzer, avoiding a 4.55 meeting on everyone's calendar. How did you do it? I got a huge assist from Grammarly, an AI writing partner that helped me make my point. 96% of Grammarly users say that it helps them craft more impactful writing. Would you agree? Grammarly helped adjust my tone to navigate tough work conversations. And it works everywhere I write, so I can quickly communicate effectively. Your teammate used Grammarly to summarize an important document, making a three-pointer. How did he do it? It only took one click. When everyone uses Grammarly, everything just makes sense. You made an incredible slam dunk to end the game. The meeting was canceled, and your team will go home champions. Go to Grammarly.com slash podcast to download it for free. That's Grammarly.com slash podcast. Easier said, done.